Welcome to the Horses and Life podcast. I'll go ahead and apologize to you now. I am here with my buddy Grant Bilbrey, and we've been at this for a while, and we can't quite get a coherent sentence together. Take four. Take four. <laughs> Take 461. Well, I didn't realize we had so much to talk about. <laughs> I think the key is to talk about something that other people would like to listen to. So, remember, coherent. <laughs> so, we are doing an intro tonight. and At some point. At some point, yeah. So, what we did was... Just so you guys know quickly, I'll let you know, Grant and I will get together and decide we're going to record an intro for another podcast, and then we end up talking for an hour and a half, and we record it. So, so far, I've tried to save you guys from having to listen to that, but at some point, we'll probably release one of those as a podcast, because, uh, you know, in case I have, I don't have anything else to put out that, that week. <laughs> I'm trying to measure my words. So... What have we gone over? Ages 7 through 14. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So, we, yeah. Life stories. Maybe just a quick recap. Just a quick recap. Well, let's just do a quick recap. How about of, uh, let's focus it in here on... Uh, egg fest. Egg, okay. Do you want to go back? <laughs> no, I think we'll just quickly say that treating animals, good. It's good. Much respect. Respect for animals. That's a good thing. So we're just going to give you guys a quick recap of what we've been talking about for the last hour and a half and try to put it into a intro. There. I just decided that's what we're going to do for the intro. Right before we started recording, we said, what are we going to do for the intro? I said, I don't know. Let's just try again. Hey, well, we, should, we should try to record like like a preamble to the real podcast. Is that what we're trying to do? Oh, wait. That is what we're <laughs> trying to do. <laughs> okay. So so treat animals better overall. I think that's a, that's a, that's a go. If the police officer asks you about insurance, he doesn't likely mean he's he's only interested in automobile insurance, no other type of insurance. <laughs> we'll, we'll get back to that story about my brother. No, we're not mentioning names. By the way, a few minutes ago, Grant said, "Oh, I want to tell you this." Wait, are we recording right now? And I knew I was about to hear a good story when he asked me if we were recording because the implication was he didn't want it to be recorded. So I knew it was going to be a good then one. Then I unplugged it, and then I remembered we were on batteries. <laughs> then I had my hand over the record button, and he wasn't sure what was going on. So I think he changed the end of the story. Anyway, um, do we know who's on the podcast today that well, people I are do. listening to? You? Well. I know who I know who we're planning on doing this intro. I feel for. like I'm I feel like I'm interviewing for that slot. <laughs> <laughs> Not that slot, no. but I think one of these days. Uh, maybe one day <laughs> if I tried a little harder. I think if we could get through one podcast, one let's here's the goal. Okay. I Should you want to try again? <laughs> exactly. I think the goal I is I have more memory sticks. The, <laughs> The goal is if we can go 20 minutes without laughing, I think we can make a good podcast. Okay, never mind. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll get to that in a minute about who we're introducing. But I think let's tell them real quick what we've been doing. We had a, we had a good ride this morning. Incredible ride this morning. You, me, Amy Davis. That was it. <laughs> no. Black yeah. Magic. Black Magic. I didn't know we were doing the horses. <laughs> well, I thought since we're throwing out names. Okay. Black Magic. Red. Re okay. Black Magic. And Red. Who was Amy on? 41. 41. Not to be confused with 28. Or 42. <laughs> 49. Yeah, that's right. 49. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, we had a great ride. Grant did a good job this morning. 
And then after that's why I brought that whole thing up. Yeah. (laughs) He wanted me to say it again. (laughs) Afterwards he goes, Cal did a I did a good job this morning. (laughs) I was really I was really pleased with that. And it never gets old hearing it. (laughs) You know, it it just doesn't. I mean In all seriousness, could you just say it one more time? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is why you pay me, isn't it? Oh, not well, that's why I pay you extra. to write letters (laughs) no it is it is good to i mean but here's the thing like in in all honesty we all know that if there's somebody you're learning from that you have some respect for and of course you guys have heard stories about people i learned from it does feel great to get some encouragement from them or some uh, accolades that you're doing something correct or just some just a just a sentence now and then but here's the truth of it i didn't have to tell you that that's because you felt it like you knew it was a good ride. You knew you were doing things well because it was smooth. And I'm kind of putting words in your mouth and you can tell me if I'm wrong here or tell the people if I'm wrong. But, you know, when it goes good, then the horse feels it and then you feel it and then it works. So then you just feel better. And then if someone says, hey, you did a good job, well, then fine. While you're learning some of those things, you might need somebody to say, hey, that was good or that wasn't as good because it's going to lead to this. But when you actually just go out for a couple hours, go for a ride around the ranch, get back, everything went good. It's like, sure, it's nice to say, hey, good job. But you felt it, right? Well, I so I absolutely felt like, you know, things went really well today. I, I mean, the ride was, uh, I mean, I've had much worse. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes, I have to. Yeah. It both uh, felt and looked worse other times, but yeah, no, I, I think it's so, it's so funny though. Like I sometimes complain about this, but I, I can only do it in the confines of the scream room (laughs) because no, because so, you know, like Cal was just saying, you know, uh, about, saying good job or that, you know, you, you know that it's a good job when you kind of feel things going well. But I tell you what, if, if you're, you know, never take for granted, if you're a teacher of something, never take for granted the, the way that it, you know, can make a pupil or somebody or subordinate or whatever feel when you, you know, say if they do a good job, just to mention it, and, you know, Cal, you just don't say it enough to me. <laughs> no, I actually, if it, and of course, if anybody has had the pleasure of and good fortune of riding with Cal or learning from him, then they'll know that I'm just pulling his leg. But it, just in general, there's not enough of that kind of, I don't know that I'd call it courtesy, but it is, it, you know, that kind of, you know, that way of behaving you know, and, and rewarding somebody for, you know, just like you would a horse, if uh, somebody performs a task in a good way, kind of saying so is never, uh, never a bad idea. Do you love me now, dad? (laughs) Do you love me now, dad? Uh, No, you're, you're right. And, and it, it, it is something that I, I try to think about and I probably don't do it enough telling people, you know, that they're doing a good job, but I know that, uh, you know, you, there's there's times people need to hear it more than others, but I think it's you know everybody needs to hear that uh, positive encouragement more yeah. often than we do. And I think as as males, we especially have a little more of a issue doing that with each other, you know. And really and that's cute. just something we have to work on. Macho, I me stand alone. I'm the toughest, whatever. But then it's like, 
but somebody tell me how strong I am, yeah. how tall I'm standing. Yeah, how... <laughs> yeah. yeah you can't. Uh, it's, it's a, you know, the male ego is it's an interesting thing. But, you know, to finish on what I was saying earlier, I, I, I jokingly say this to, you know, to my wife sometimes, but it's like, gosh, sometimes I just wish, you know, here at the farm, you know, my dad and I are partners, but he does other things and I largely kind of run the show around here to the extent that anybody's running the show. But when you're in charge, that also means nobody's like, you know, nobody's, you know, exactly telling you what to do, good or bad, for better or for worse. And there, you know, obviously that's, there's any number of positive things that can come from that. But it's like, sometimes I just wish I could be under somebody so I could do some small thing so they could be like, eh, a boy. <laughs> yeah, attaboy. <laughs> or, you know, so I could get some direction or it can be, it can be uh, disorienting sometimes when you're dancing to the beat of your own drum. Is it dancing? Yeah. 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 Walking to the beat. Walking, dancing. Sea walking. <laughs> Riding. Let's just go with Riding Riding to the beat of your own there you go. bell. Singing. <laughs> Singing to the beat of your own bell. <laughs> it can be anything. Yeah, it could be a lot of things. So uh, that's good. So here we are for today, and I'm trying to look and actually see or kind of remember which uh, which we're going to do. So here's what we're going to do. Today, people are going to be listening to a young lady that I met. I uh, just had one conversation with her, and then I just had her on the podcast. That was it. And her name is Megan Lacey. She's a singer-songwriter from Austin, Texas. Yeah, you told me that you uh, that you met her what not too long ago. Yeah. No. Well, I anyway. I, I know that you. I know you to be. Uh, you know, since this is the Horses and Life podcast, anybody that you. I mean, so she. You know, of course, I'm. She's uh, obviously super talented. Without you or I confirming it or saying it's that it is so, but it is a a huge endorsement of your the respect that you have for that you obviously wanted to have her on the podcast. Yeah. You know, Case in point, me. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> the fact that I'm pontificating right it, now is right. because of the huge amount of respect you have for the things I have to say. That is very true. That is very true. Still trying to fight for the f- full episode. Full episode. We're going to get there someday. <laughs> We're going to get there someday. Yeah, like 12 hours yeah. of my. Yeah. <laughs> so the thing about it is when I'm in Austin, Texas, I get a chance to listen to a lot of songwriters, singers, music. Uh, I enjoy that. And uh, so anyway, I was just down there a few days ago and got a chance to uh, meet up with her. We got this podcast recorded. So Live music capital of the world. Live music capital of the world. Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas. Okay, without further ado, I bring you guys Megan Lacey. Okay, I'm here with my new friend Megan Lacey. Hi, Cal. How are you? Good. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you for inviting me. You had quite a drive over here tonight, huh? Yeah, it was a little, little hairy. A little stormy out there tonight. It's no surprise that it's not doing anything over here, though. Just miles away. Yeah, it looks like it's going to have a tornado. I did hear there's a tornado on the ground somewhere around here, but don't worry. You guys are going to hear the podcast. Rain or shine, yeah. we're going to get it done. Might get a little windy. Yeah. So I met Megan just a couple weeks ago. I was down here in Texas, and I thought it would be kind of fun to do a podcast with somebody I didn't know at all. So I met her briefly. I was working a horse here in Bastrop and she was there and we just kind of talked, Hey, how you doing? Okay. And then somebody else walked up and you were talking to them and I was eavesdropping and they said, what do you do? And you said, you're a songwriter. And I said, well, what kind of songs do you write? And you said, Oh, kind of Americana type stuff. 
I said, okay. So I looked you up and then I realized you were a good musician. So I thought, hey, you ought to be on the podcast. So we've had literally just the last few minutes of conversation and we've shared a couple texts and that's it. So I thought this would be kind of fun. So here we go. Here we go. <laughs> so where are we going to start, Megan? Well, I don't really know. This is not one of my first interviews. I mean, I've been on the radio twice, but on the radio not to twice. brag. Yeah, yeah, not to brag. Right? <laughs> so tell us a little bit about you and where you come from and what makes you you. Well, I grew up in California, in Northern California, kind of between Sacramento and Lake Tahoe. My mom trained horses and my dad was a truck driver. I grew up and started skiing for my high school, so I moved, and then I skied for college, too, and I moved up to near Lake Tahoe. What kind of skiing? Downhill skiing. like Downhill uh, snow skiing. Yeah, so I raced in college, ended up coaching for quite a few years and coached up there for probably close to 10 years and for a mountain, and then I did it kind of privately for a while. My life was skiing for a long time, and horses, grew up with horses, moved away from that for a while. And I was in Truckee, California, near Tahoe for about 15 years. And then my boyfriend and I moved here three years ago from there. So we were both kind of stuck in a, a little ski town mentality that we were not really doing much. And it quit snowing in California until we moved. <laughs> it hadn't been snowing for four years or something. So I said, let's get out of here. And then. So how are you going to be a ski instructor with no snow, right? Yeah, exactly. Might as well. Uh, go try to pursue something else. So music has always kind of, I mean, it's always been in my life. It's always been a part of my life, but it was never something I really took seriously, to be honest. I've written songs forever. I was telling somebody the other day, I wrote a, a song for my eighth grade graduation and sang it at graduation. I look back at that now. I'm like, man, that was ballsy. Eighth <laughs> was grade like, graduation. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I've been writing and playing, but it, it kind of wasn't something that I thought to do really I didn't think it was something that I could take seriously, but it just came to mind that it was something that drives me. It's always driven me and, and something that I can fall back on and just have always found support in songwriting and singing. And so when it looked like time to get out of Truckee, I, was, I thought, let's go somewhere where there's a lot of music. And and it's been really cool. It's been a cool journey in three years being here. This is a good place for music. It's amazing. I was talking to my cousin Wes on the way here to the hotel and told him I had a clinic today that I went and watched a little bit. And then I'm driving here. And he said, so are you going into Austin to see some music tonight like usual? I said, no, tonight I'm bringing the music to me. <laughs> so here yeah. we are. Cool. So what is the Austin music scene like? Tell us a little bit about it for the people that have never been down here. It's really diverse. It's more diverse than I would have imagined moving from California and not having ever been here. I mean, I grew up listening to to old country. My mom listened to country music and Texas songwriters on country radio in the 80s. And not that I knew names growing up. I just kind of knew songs and voices, really. But there's a lot going on, a lot of different genres. And, and I think maybe the, the main thing, because I'm a songwriter, and so that's my main circle, but really there's some, there's some great songwriting here across genres. People are really attuned to uh, making a good song, and I think that's kind of what ties everything together. But it's a big scene, and a lot of people playing a lot five nights a week, but there's kind of becoming less and less venues or I don't know, or the venues are kind of moving around and changing. There's a lot of change going on in Austin. So, but the music seems like it's just always been something that grounds Austin, gives it uh, that feeling. Keeps everybody together a little bit. 
no matter what, we're going to keep Austin weird. Yeah. Have you witnessed any of that? Uh, yes, I have. <laughs> T-shirts at the airport, the stuff that people are selling all the places, it's keep Austin weird. You know, that's what it says. So I like that. But it's like, well, everybody's got their own definition of what weird yeah, is, right? right? So it's cool stuff. So is this all you're doing right now? Are you working a little bit also? Yeah, you're- I work a little bit in service. I do some catering stuff. But I'm really trying to uh, – I'm not really making any money with music yet. I haven't gotten anything recorded really. I just want it to be right. So I've got a lot of learning to do and but at some point I just gotta I just gotta get in and let myself be where I am, you know, in order to put something down and I think I'm getting ready to do that. I got some songs with somebody, so hopefully can record something soon. But most of my focus is on music right now and <laughs> yeah, recently I I've gotten back in riding with Stacy riding horses. And that's been really great because sometimes I can focus too much on one thing or another and you lose a little bit of balance by focusing too hard on one thing. (laughs) Yes, I know a little bit about that in my life, for sure. Yeah, We were just talking about my podcast here in general, and I I enjoy the diversity of different things, but I know that's what a lot of the podcast is about, different types of people, different genres of life. But I haven't always kept that balance real good in my life with things, and so it's kind of been a fun project here. But So tell us a little bit about your your horse riding stuff that you're doing now, and you were just telling me before we came on that you – been riding for a while you still have one you've had for quite a while yeah my mom is really the horsewoman she uh she got into horses when she was pretty young just on her own and paid for her own horses her whole life and then ended up training and and giving riding lessons my whole life so they've been a huge part of my life but she's uh she's really great it's in her blood and I mean it's in my blood through her but I've worked through a lot with horses I'm realizing too looking back I had a quick temper and I I get frustrated real easy and she's pretty methodical and she could figure stuff out with horses that I I watched a lot of that but when it came to me doing it it was like how come it's so easy for her or anybody else I watch you too I'm like dang looks so easy (laughs) but I was telling you listening to your interview with Brent Wright and talking about there's people who want to get a young horse and grow up together. And I really got to do that. And I'm so thankful for that. But I also look back and I I try not to be hard on myself about all of the mistakes I've made just in horsemanship. But yeah, you're one of the survivors. <laughs> yeah. You're one of the survivors that actually got a young horse, grew up together yeah. and made it work. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but a lot of people have quite a bit of trouble with that. But we talked a little bit that day. It's You can't be hard on yourself about wondering if you're always doing the right thing or not. I mean, Maybe what I need to say is it's not a good idea to be hard on yourself in the moment. Oh, wow. Right? That relates, yeah. Later, of course, (laughs) you have to look back and say, what can I do different? Not necessarily, was this right or wrong? The only reason I would suggest somebody looking back on what they did already or something that already happened in the past is so then they can learn from that quickly and move on. So then they can figure out what to do next or what to not do the next time. But the thing that catches people up often is, where they are questioning themselves while they're doing it. In that moment, they're of no good to the horse. They're of no good to themselves or their dog or anything else, the way I look at it, right? So they have to have a little bit of confidence in trying something. Obviously, there's a point where you have to think, hey, this is not at all what I'm doing. Well, then hopefully you can change what you're doing. But but if you choose to do it at that moment, don't question it. Just do it and go with it for a while, right? That's the way I kind of look at it. And if you're seeing a good result at that day, well, then great. And if you see don't see a good result, well, then maybe that's the time to stop. Yeah, I asked you that question watching you work with Studley. And it's like, well, how do you know when to stop asking? But you, you don't ask for too much, but you ask 
for a lot. And, and I get to question myself a little too much on the ground there and, and what my motives are. And I end early a lot of times. I, so it's slow progress, but I'm a little weary of making too many mistakes with the, with what I now see as my equal, you know, horses is spiritually my equal and really they're, it's a symbiosis between them and, and me and, I shouldn't claim to know anything more than they do, but so it's like I don't want to ask for too much, especially when I'm not sure what the what it is I'm I'm looking for besides that that symbiotic relationship. But it was cool to watch you and Stacy's been giving me a lot of a lot of help, and that's given me some confidence to uh, try some things. And just like you said, I've been working with a couple of her mares, and it's given me a little more confidence to like keep asking and then get the result that I'm looking for, knowing what it is I'm actually asking for. But. Yeah, and that's important to have a have a good grasp on what it is that you're looking for. And a lot of people just don't, right? They just ride and they might have a some kind of picture in their mind about what they want, but it's not a clear picture. It's, it's kind of vaguely, well, I don't want him doing that. Well, what do you want him doing? Well, it's not, I don't know, but I don't know. <laughs> well, maybe you ought to work on that, right? Like, what exactly are you looking for? How does it look in your mind? Is it attainable for that horse to even do that? And then you kind of start from there sometimes, right? Forming music also in what you're saying here, Cal, because it's like uh, I have a hard time knowing exactly what I want. I'm, I do know what I don't want. So I come in with a lot of like, I, I don't want this, I don't want that. And that only works for a little while. You know, you can kind of shave some stuff off, but you're still left with quite a big palette. It's really nice to get some focus and to, to know what it is that you're actually looking for. It really helps progress out. Yeah, I think so. And I may be to contradict myself a little bit too. I think there's a lot of times with me in the past and a lot of people that are creative where I don't consider myself that creative. I was more referring to people like you that write songs and things like that. But artists and people that are very creative, I think they they don't always have a clear picture. I think sometimes that's where their genius lies because they are kind of open for whatever might come up. And then, you know, eventually got to be able to put something down to paper, right? And and kind of get it, get something together. But but I know that sometimes going with the flow and taking things as they come is probably a pretty important part of it as well. So you have to have some kind of picture in your mind, at least for that moment. But as far as like an exact goal, here's where I'm going. Here's exactly what I want my life to be. I don't know if that's always the, the yeah. best thing because then sometimes you get stuck on that, even yeah. if that's not what you want, right? That just ends up, well, I set that as a goal, so I have to do that now. Right. Yeah. If you're real open about where you want to go forward, you want to move forward, it's like you start saying yes to stuff as it comes up. And that's what guides you to where it'll end up kind of pinpointing. I've gone through a lot of that too. Like, okay, I want this one specific thing and you might get it, but it's going to take a lot longer than if you're open to just progress in some way. And then the universe is handing you stuff left and right to say yes to. And that kind of helps shape where you're headed. And really that's that's what we need to offer the horses. Sometimes it's it's kind of that idea of hey, just make some progress somewhere. There are times where we want that specific picture and maybe the horse isn't there and a lot of times it's because the rider is wanting that thing but the rider isn't really offering that to them. They think they are, but they're really not. They're trying to get X and they're really not allowing the horse to do that, but the horse is offering them Y and Z at the same time. And they're not open-minded enough to say, "Hey, The horse is trying right here in this direction, so I'm going to allow that progress to happen and just kind of be content on that for a minute, and I'll get back to X another day once I build some confidence. How do we build some confidence? Well, sometimes it's just getting the horse to understand that, hey, let's go ahead and go with Y and Z and A and B and C, and then we kind of work back to X later. And there's times when X is what we need for the day, right? But you have to 
have enough confidence in what you're doing that you can be that specific. A lot of times what I'm telling the people is they need to be more specific about their horses, but you have to have a little bit of confidence and that comes from some knowledge before you can be too specific. Yeah. Yeah. And asking for progress, that's a great idea and a great way to, to be able to give. It's like giving and receiving is the same thing. So when you're receiving something from the horse, whatever they're giving you, it's like, okay, then you can give a little bit too and let that be a a mile marker for them, build confidence in them. Are you a musician? I kind of get the feeling like you, uh, like you play the guitar or something. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> You're I a closet I, musician. I, 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 closet musician. I have a guitar. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, no, I'm not a musician. I used to sing a little bit years ago, huh. back in college a little bit, and high school and those kind of things. I love music, but I'm not a musician. Did you ever write a song? Well, maybe. Uh, I got, okay, maybe y'all aren't going to hear this, but I think Cal's going to have to play a tune for no, me. For no. me. <laughs> no, really. I, I wouldn't even know the first thing about how to play. But I did write a song or two a long time ago, but I don't even know if I can remember them. Wow, cool. But I like listening to other people. Who do you like? Who do you listen to? You were, Oh, you were saying you like Todd Snyder. Yeah, Todd yeah. Snyder is one of my favorites. Uh trying to think we were just talking about some of the places around austin here this winter i saw some really great musicians and i've always enjoyed jason Eady. i've enjoyed jason isbell amanda shires i mean i like this i'm trying to think some of the people i just kind of got off the top of my list here lately but there's so many different genres of music that i enjoy every chance i get to introduce some people to some new music i do so what's the thing that draws you to music across genres what pulls you in I don't know. I think there's a little bit of nostalgia that goes with it. And there's always that. You hear a song, it brings you back to some memory of my brothers and my cousins and we're getting ready to go do this or some camp or playing sports when we were kids or something. And then there's a few that maybe just remind you of friends you had at one point or another. And some are here and some are not with us anymore, right? And that's just part of life and how things go. There's some that uh, just makes you, I think music can really send a lot of good information out into the world without really being a sermon without really being a set down speech of some kind nothing wrong with sermons nothing wrong with set down speeches but i think sometimes music can kind of get some messages out there and, and then some of it maybe it's they try to send too many messages just like hey i just want to listen to some music you don't have to try to preach to me you know so it's probably a little bit of everything yeah right some of it's kind of like candy yeah. <laughs> one of my best friends is a, a songwriter and he loves pop music. I mean, he's just like drawn to it and it's, he loves that about it. Just, it's kind of a sugar high. I'm not really for anything. It's just for the fun of it. Some great pop music has it all. <laughs> yeah. And then there's some, there's just no meat there. Right. That's fine. I try not to be a music snob too much. I mean, I am in a big way, but I try not to look down on anybody else's music. It's what they want. It's what that makes them happy. And they've got some people that like it, obviously, or I wouldn't have heard about it. So more power to them. I could listen to somebody sit and play music every night while I'm having dinner somewhere. And I do actually a lot of nights, you know, but even if it's somebody I've never heard of, they don't have to be the greatest vocalist in the world. They just, just somebody that's back there singing along. Anybody I see on the street that's playing music, I usually leave some money there for them if I have any with me. And uh, I don't know, I just kind of always enjoyed it. My parents were both musical in a way. I have two older brothers and we all were a little bit into music when we were younger and we all sang in choirs and things like that, like most kids do. But I always enjoyed it. Yeah, it's kind of attainable for, I feel like it's one, even if you don't play music, you can be a part of it, can be an audience member or, or literally sing along or it's inviting and it's really inclusive. You don't have to like music. There are some people that don't like music. It's pretty universal and it's really cool too to see people come to music as a, an expression kind of later in life. I see a lot of, like some of my closest friends are just now starting 
songwriting and in a big music town. And it's amazing to see what, what people can do with it that didn't think they would, that they had any musical talent even or something, watching their songs float into existence through their process is like pretty cool. Very genuine. I think there's a lot of authenticity in the type of music that I like. There's guys that'll tell a story about something that happened and they wrote a song about it. And it's like, even if you didn't know the story, you could hear him singing that song and you can visualize that person doing that thing, right? It sounds like that's some authentic stuff. Then there's some guys that just, and, and gals that just write stuff that's just fun and it has nothing to do with real life. And that's, that's good too. And I think a lot of music is therapeutic for the people that are writing it and singing it, right? So that's a big piece that I enjoy too. I mean, I know there's people, a lot of the famous songwriters and had a lot of trouble in their personal life and things like that. And that's kind of how they dealt with some of that stuff. And you know, I remember somebody once said to me something, they, we were watching something about the dark side of you know, singer-songwriters and some of the troubles that people have had and that left, left the earth uh, too early, right? And stuff like that. And somebody said, man, imagine what more music they could have done if it wasn't for them being getting out of drugs early or something like that. And, and I said to them, well, imagine how sooner they could have been gone if they wouldn't have found music, right? Or maybe writing some songs and doing some of those things. So I think there's some... Uh, oh, nobody ever says it that way around, Cal. That's a really good point. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It makes sense. It does. It really does. I mean, there's been a lot of running away from stuff in my life and everything in my life. I mean, horsemanship and, and music and skiing or whatever is, is uh, it's a spiritual journey. You know, it's growth and development and, and expansion of your understanding of yourself or myself, at least in, in my experience. But it has been just a, a place to go in terms of where to, where to look for those things in, in, in myself that I'm trying to find. There's a lot of songs I've written that don't ever see the light of day again. I mean, my folks, my folks are always like, why don't you ever play Agony I Know? And I'm like, I wrote that so long ago. I hate that song. But they've, they love a lot of older stuff that that um, I don't need anymore. You know, it's like I, I got to go through the process of writing that song and it really developed something in me. It made me look at myself in, in a certain way or understand something and I get to move on. And that must be the case for most or, or all artists or creating things. It's it's kind of cathartic. The cool thing is, it's like, okay, especially moving here, I started watching a lot of songwriters. I started going to uh, open mics and, and seeing what my peers, I guess I'll call them my peers, but there were people I looked up to and, but, um, watching them and what they were doing and talking about learning from, from other people and, you know, mistakes and, and great things that they're doing. It is cool to see what other people are doing, how I connect to it as it, just as an audience member. And that started to, uh, to really be important to me, what, how people would connect to it. So it's like, okay, yeah, it's, it's for me too. I, I like the process of writing the song, but it's like, okay, now how do I, make sure that somebody's gonna somebody else is gonna get something out of it. You know, it's turned into this little game of like not making it too personal, letting it be really personal, letting the that aspect drive the feeling behind the song. But it's kind of then I try to let it be something that can be for everybody, you know, something that anybody could could take something out of, whether they will or not. But that's kind of the game. Well you brought your guitar with us. Oh yeah. You wanna you wanna sing something for Okay. It? Yeah that's probably Mm, that's probably good. Okay. I lost it. It's been missing so long. Oh, but the trouble is, 
that song uh i'm trying to think now when i wrote it but it was probably i I don't want to get into politics because i i don't i don't really get into that but there's just a lot of scared people and and a lot of people are really finding any solace or peace you know right i want to say right now but to me it looks it looks up kind of in a lot of ways than it had been and especially after there's still a lot going on yeah (laughs) in the world that's pretty scary but Anyway, I just kind of wrote it for for myself and and my peace of mind, and it's like, dang, how do you find a how do you find peace 
you know, when there's so much to focus on. I stopped watching the news a couple of years ago and, and it's made me a happier person. <laughs> you know, I don't really, uh, I don't really get caught up in that so much. I uh, let go of my Facebook profile, but everyone's like, well, you got to have one for music. So I, I got it back up and running, but I don't really spend, spend a lot of time on there. And it's just helped my, my, uh, sanity you know you can there's so much that can go on in your mind that you can't really get away from because it just keeps going but you can take yourself out of some situations and um and uh, give yourself a little peace so yeah it kind of came from there yeah a friend of mine says that uh she didn't make it up other people have said it but i've heard her say it it's uh, world peace starts with inner peace oh man i can't tell you cal i mean I'm, i'm i'm beginning to understand and I think a lot of us are that uh, whatever's going on out there is a reflection of what's going on in us, and and truly our our realities reflect what our inner inner world looks like. It's really hard to uh, look at your life like that because it means you got to really dig deep and start looking like, oh, where's that conflict coming from? Then <laughs> it's coming from me. And looking at everything as a mirror is is kind of cool. It's it, yeah, I got to be careful because we were talking about looking back at your old old self and seeing mistakes and not being too hard on yourself, you know, in the moment too. And when you're looking at, you know, whatever's quote unquote going wrong or something in your life, you're like, dang, if that's coming from me, you know, I got a lot of work to do, but it's, it's just kind of a guide looking at the world outside of us, understanding, truly understanding that, that we have a lot, a lot of work to do inside and it doesn't involve telling your neighbor what they got to do because yeah. They got to do it too, but like, man, it, you got to do it. But they've got to do it for them. They got to do it for them. And We've got to do it for us. Right? Yeah. So where did you find your voice or how did you find the voice that you have that you sing? I mean, you mentioned when you were young, you listened to different voices. You remember some voices and, and some sounds, but maybe not necessarily like a list of the artists. So who is it that you listened to or that kind of impacted you? Well, I've gone through a lot of phases. I, I grew up listening to country music radio in the 80s, and there's like some gold nuggets in there. The Judds were like my first main influence. As a little girl, I remember asking my mom a lot of questions about, about songs and songwriting. I, I remember asking her, how can you remember all the words, you know, she'd sing along. It's like, how do they remember all the words? I was probably four or five going out to the barn, you know, the mile that it took to drive from our house to the barn. We'd be listening to music. And, and, uh, and then I remember asking her, where do the songs come from? I said, and she said, well, some people write them. Some singers write their own. And I told her, when I'm a singer, I'm going to have to have somebody write my songs. You know, I could not imagine like what that took. But yeah, KT Oslin is another um, big influence when I, in my young life. And then through middle school and high school, I listened to a lot of, you know, pop music and radio music and big voices like Whitney Houston and Celine Dion. And I'd try to sing like they did. And yeah, one of the first songwriting, women songwriting influences was Jewel. I started kind of writing my own stuff right around the time. I started listening to her. So, and then I picked my brother, taught me how to play guitar. He, uh, he went off to school and started learning how to play guitar himself. And, uh, he'd come home on breaks and he'd be like, learn this chord. I'm like, it hurts my fingers. (laughs) He'd be like, do it anyway. Thanks, Jason. We played together. We had a little folk duo we called sibling rivalry for uh, a little bit of time. You were not a child when you started learning the guitar. No, yeah. I learned at 19 or 18 or 19. I started picking it up and yeah, we were just talking. I, I've been playing for 17 years. <laughs> Am I even 17? Yes. yes. Yeah. Yep. Well past that. <laughs> yeah, life goes quick, doesn't it? Yeah. What else you got for us? Well, yeah, I'll play another one. But uh, 
when you first asked me where to find my voice to it, I want to say like actually experiencing, you know, my voice and how it's changed over the years has been its own process. I'm still, I'm still learning. So there's so much to learn about when you dive into any aspect of life or music. And I'm taking voice lessons right now and just trying to get at it from all directions because there's, you can't think about it too much, you know, but it's like, you can't know too much either. It's cool to have like things to fall back on or to, to understand about my voice. So anyway, I'll play this song. This is kind of a more hopeful song. Well, I wrote it, uh, I get pretty deep into the blues at points in my life. I put, I put myself there, you know, I know. I started writing this, and I'm like, all right, well, I'm climbing out of this hole I'm in. And then I, I finished it and just, like, dove deeper in. So it was, it's a hopeful song, but, well, like, didn't cure anything. <laughs> all right. Hmm. Lay down your head, try to get it right. Maybe there's something else out there Maybe just another way down You're gonna hold on to something Even if it brings you down Lay down your head, honey Ain't you tired of a mess? Lay down your head and rest Something tells me you, darling You can't see the sun Well, it still comes Heaven every time Dawns on you. Reach out your hands, you can feel the warmth. Reach out your hands, honey. Ain't you tired of the love? Lay down your burden low. Well, the world may bring you all the way to your knees But the light will lift you If you hear them songbirds Playing above your head, better listen in. They're singing hallelujah, let love in. Oh, if you wanna let love join in. Join on in, honey. Can't you hear that chorus ring? Oh, honey, it's ringing out your name. Forgot a tune guitar there, but maybe maybe it fits the mood. 
Sounded good to me. Cool. I think it's worked out pretty good here tonight for throwing a recording studio together yeah, in a hotel room. Yeah, it's cool. In gonna... about 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that was a good song. Thanks. It was, uh, like you said, it kind of a little more hopeful. Yeah. But it's still blues. Yeah, a little, little blues in there. <laughs> yeah, I wrote the last uh, verse, that song, Birdie's Verse. And we were, uh, my guy and I were on a, a big trip and in the camper and I had a show that night and I, we were parked in a state park and I was just kind of feeling blue and I wasn't even going to finish that song and I was like trying to rehearse for this show and I was just kind of having a tough time and this, this little bird outside the window was just like going off. It was so beautiful and I, I just started cracking up and then and then I you know started playing this song and that, that just came right out my face, <laughs> which is how most songs happen. But anyway. So learning to play the guitar. Learning to write songs, that has to be something that is, uh, takes a lot of time to do, but you don't, you're not able to just dedicate your life to those two things until possibly one day, right? As yeah. people might quote unquote make it in the music business, then they can kind of do that more. But in order to make it, they had to have already dedicated their life to that oh, thing. Oh, funny, yeah. Right? That's a thing. That is a thing. Well, there's a really cool window. It's like if you really love something and you're doing it anyway, you're going to go to work and then you're going to come home and you're going to, it's not doing what you love. It, I mean, it's so cliche to say, but it doesn't feel like work, you know, and you're, it kind of feels like a reprieve. But then all of a sudden, all this time is stacked up that you've been working on this thing that you love. And, and um, hopefully then that leads itself into uh, allowing you to find, you know, more space to let that grow in your life and get out of whatever, not get out of, hopefully you're doing something you love no matter what, even it's just a job. Hopefully People can find something that they appreciate and that doesn't drain them so much that they... We have a lot of options these days, I, I feel. But I've also had a lot of help and support and the ability to uh, to follow my dreams in a way that I'm really lucky to have had. And So who are some people that you enjoy listening to today that are out there? Are some people around Austin or maybe on the radio or just who are some people that give you some motivation? Or even if it's not really even your same genre, who are some people that you hear and you're like, oh, wow, that's that's good. I'm really inspired right now by the music scene in Austin. I'm, I'm inspired by a lot of my friends and uh, people that I go out to see. Jacob Jager is a songwriter in town and, and his voice and his songwriting are, are something that I've been really inspired by recently. Alta Mesa is like this really great band in, in Austin. Just close friends of mine. I mean, I can't name everybody's names. Close friends and, and people that peers of mine that, I, that I'm becoming close to um, inspire me in a, lot of, in a lot of really great ways. I love Gillian Welch and Allison Krauss, and those are, have been influences, and Nico Case, and gosh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of, there's so many great musicians out there. I might, I always draw a blank on this question. <laughs> oh, no, like, that's, but that's great. I mean, you just, you mentioned some good ones, and like you said, there's so many. I'm not really into the whole pick a favorite thing, but I think there's a lot of good ones to kind of draw from, and, and, uh, mentioned some some great ones there now do you do some cover songs when you sing some with some of those gals or george Strait maybe or? i got a couple <laughs> i didn't realize until i moved here that george didn't write any of his own tunes well he kind of helped on a few but generally speaking he yes. wasn't a songwriter there's a thing that used to happen too where like a songwriter would hook up with a, a singer in nashville and the songwriter would sort of write for that that singer and i think that that's something i didn't really know happened either but oh i picked up i'll cover a, a texas songwriter now but that's kind of it I don't go throwing random covers in there, partly because I can't, I can't even, I have a hard time remembering my own songs. So 
<laughs> well, that's probably part of the joy in your own music, right? If you change the words, it's your song. You can do what you want. Right. right? If you change the words <laughs> to somebody else, everybody's going to know it. Yeah, they're going to. They're going to be upset. Yeah, but I'm sure you have some fans, and they know your words. So pretty soon, you mess up your own words, they're going to know that too, right? Yeah, not quite there, Cal, but yeah. <laughs> so when you're going through some of these different songs that you play now, some of them you've written recently, some of them you wrote years ago. How is it sitting down and playing songs from yesterday and songs from 10 years ago? I think stylistically they're changing a little bit. The new rung of songs that I've been writing are, uh, they just have kind of a different style, which is, has been fun to explore that style. A lot of my older stuff kind of harkens to uh, Alison Krauss and Union Station. I listened to a lot of her and, and Gillian and Dave. I mean, the sound that they they made was pretty cool. So a lot of my older stuff has that kind of some some of that minor feel, and and the newer stuff is kind of I guess I mean I it sort of just sounds like me, which is kind of cool. It's like a I've kind of sound like I don't know myself, which is kind of cool to uh, to feel. Although I'm trying not to get stuck in that mode of like oh this song. If I start a song, I'm like oh it doesn't really fit into the genre thing that uh that I've got going on right now I got to be careful because like you and I were talking earlier it's it's nice to just remain open and not have a not have too set of an idea on where you're trying to go not try too hard to do anything just let it develop on its own organically yeah that's the word there, right? <laughs> yeah that's right let things come up organically there's some there's some good to that I don't know I guess balance is the key right finding the balance between what you're shooting for versus what happens that you enjoy. Wow, yeah. Not putting too much pressure on things, which I have a tendency to do. <laughs> I'm learning. You know, it's like I can see it. I can see it. So the storm is getting pretty bad outside, and you don't have a good thunder song or storm song, but it's a good night for drinking, I hear. Yep. So <laughs> For all them out there. Yeah, for all those, those out there. Every good country artist has to have a drinking song, right? Yeah. This one yep. just happens to be yours. Here it is. Is this called The Bottle's Never Empty? Since I can't have a beer without thinking who I'd like to fight, I'll catch up on some news and probably stay in for the night. If I kept a bottle, honey, for everyone I'd drown, you'd wonder how a body could even up and walk around. Hail heaven is a place you drink for free. No one remembers the things you said and you wake up feeling clean. Hail heaven is a place you drink for free. All the things you said you'd do are done and bottles never empty. I can't have a drink without thinking who I'd like to forget. I know he's in there somewhere just waiting for me to slip. Lord, he left me years ago and he ain't come back yet. Well, that liquor loves his memory, even if it's all we get. Hail heaven is a place you drink for free. No one remembers the things you said and you wake up feeling Hail heaven is a place you drink for free All the things you said you'd do are done And the bottle was never empty
I can't have a beer without thinking who I'd like to Shouldn't grab a cold one I'll end up love struck If I had a lover, Lord, I know it wouldn't help But don't you worry, mama Scoop a lid on tight Love myself Hail, heaven is a place you drink for free No one remembers the things you said And you wake up feeling clean Hail, heaven is a place you drink for free All the things you said you'd do are done And the bottle's never empty Those things you said you'd become Ain't headed for the cemetery All you've been running from Is really dead and gone And the bottle's never empty No, the bottle's never empty I'm sure you've never had any of those nights in your life from the some of the lines in the song there where you know after a few few drinks there's a phone call that gets made or a text that gets sent or. yeah it's dangerous with the uh, the cell phone the advent of the cell phone <laughs> <laughs> probably just friends you've heard about right right doing things like that mostly yeah that's that's where the motivation for that song came from yeah it is funny how how a lot of those things go memories crop right up and a lot of good ones can too yeah. But there's good ones and there's not so good ones. And you learn from both, you know, you can't... can't discount them. Yeah, and as much as you'd like to forget them, I mean, they're, they're kind of... Some of them are burned in there and it helps you not uh, not necessarily make the same mistakes again or... You can look at mistakes as mistakes and, and it, that's... Here's another cliche thing, but it's like everything's in there for a reason and it's helping me get to where I'm going. There's a lot of mistakes in there, Cal. Yeah, yeah. Join the club, right? Yeah, yeah. Every now and then, you hear some story, right, of somebody who's whatever, somewhat famous or you know notorious or something, because we know about them, so they're notable, right? You kind of read through their, their bio, and you're like, eh, "I'm not buying it." <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, really, it's just that simple. <laughs> That's really what happened in your life, right? More in there. There's far more in there. I think one of the sad things really is for a lot of people, we you grow up kind of thinking that that's what it ought to be. Wow, yeah. Just simple, just you do this, X, you know, A, B, C, D, and then here you are. Yeah, because the notable things, and I mean, it's easy to look out there and see like, I mean, what people haven't gone through, just the things, the successes that, that are available for us to see that they've had. I mean, I've had that kind of um, idealistic view of life of a musician there's so many mistakes that you're going to make as you go along. You can't look at VH1 and MTV and, and see all the, all the crap that, that those folks have waded through to get where they are. Like it's, it's in there. And even some of the stories that were tough stories on the road, you know, they're just, they still don't seem real when you're listening to a very successful person talk about how those stories were. Right. 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 But when you're the one experiencing oh, those, yeah. those things, it's a, <laughs> it's real. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I've I've had this is where you want to take a little disclaimer and say I realize there's so many people that have a lot harder life than either of us because here we are. Yeah, yeah. All I know about you is you own a guitar and a vehicle. I mean, that's that's a big thing compared to a lot of people, right? So far, that's pretty much all I know (laughs) about you because I saw your vehicle and here you are with your guitar and you know how to speak and all that. So and you can write. So that's big. There are a lot of people that have some tough stuff. But there's so many people that are, you know, have some real struggles out there. You see it in Austin. You see it in all the big cities everywhere you go and, and out in the country as well. But you see a lot of that stuff around. So 
there's a lot of stuff that uh, that we can do to help, and there's some things that uh, it's not up to us, right? It's up to them. Yeah. Yeah, boy, there's so much we can do, I mean, in, in what we focus on and, and where the focus lies. I mean, I can't go into all that, and, and everybody lives their own life, that's for sure, but. We hope. Yeah. How are we going to uh, sign off here? You got another song you want to leave us with? Love to learn more about you, Cal, but I, I also haven't peeled through all those podcasts yet, so I'm sure there's a lot of nuggets in there, but. Might be a few. And there'll be some listeners that are going to be like, oh, God, we already know this about him. But then there'll be a few that are like, oh, yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah. Go ahead. What would you tell people in your life experience and what would you leave people with? And uh, what's made life easier for you? I think the thing that I'm learning, and of course, I, I always feel a little bit like there are so many people out there that have so much more going on than I do. So many more responsibilities than I have. They have a family and career where they go to the same building every day, right? There's some things where they have obligations in a different way than than I have. So I almost feel a little bit like it's tough to have any kind of thoughts that are across the board, right, for people. Because I think so much of it is specific to what works for people and what doesn't. And But I think that within itself is the advice. Oh, yeah, you're right. It is the idea of taking people for being individuals and taking things for being individual situations rather than just generalizing and and labeling. Sounds like you do that for the horses that you work with, too, and and, uh, you you don't put much on them in the situation besides what you got right in front of you. (laughs) Yeah, I think the idea is to help every chance we get right there like help help your horse through that situation a friend of mine a long time ago mark weir that i remember learning from mark and i remember he's saying every time you get a chance to don't make your horse go across this help him get across it you know that's profound and he learned some things from a lot of other people and i've learned from so many people over the years that's just one statement that i remember hearing years ago that kind of made a little bit of an impact and then of course learned from a lot of other people later and got even much more deeper into that uh that idea of helping the horse. But anyway, a little bit of work with some children at times with some behavior issues. And that's the way I approach that situation by thinking, how can I help this child figure this out rather than how can I get this child to do what I'm saying or whatever, right? So profound. That's a beautiful way to uh, to look at a situation or, a, or a, a person or a horse. I mean, that's like, ah, oh, dang, that's good. <laughs> you can write a song about that. I'm going to start following you around, Cal. I mean, not to creep you out, but... Oh, I don't know. And I can't take credit for everything, you know, that I've, even the things I say. And after a while, I mean, people that come to my clinics and people that come ride with me, I mean, they, they hear me all the time, giving a little credit and and some homage to some people that I learned from that went before me to kind of pave the way. After a while, you can't. You can't say it all the time. Yeah, you just can't go on and on and on. I mean, you have to just kind of say it and go on, and hopefully yeah. it impacts those people. Yeah. Just like the person that said it to me, he might not have made it up either. In fact, I know a lot of them. I mean, a friend of mine back in Kansas always says, well, there hadn't been a new quote in 200 years. You know? We, just, we wow. just keep reusing the same stuff. You know what? Well, that's probably a pretty good point. But there is uh, there's a lot of good that can come from Hearing things from that first-person point of view, even some of the stories you hear over time, well, it's a lot better told in the first person, right? <laughs> oh, wow. So you kind of do that, and then after a while, you wait a minute, did that really happen did to I, me? Oh, or <laughs> did I hear it that way? Then I started repeating it that way. But either way, if you're trying to impact the listener, yeah. you kind of need to tell it like it was you doing it. And then later, if they kind of, you might say, oh, by the way, I mean, I don't, you don't, you don't want to go around <laughs> being dishonest, oh, but you're funny. not going to make the same impact if you say, hey, this guy that I met one time heard this story about this but and then so this guy was there and they're already lost right you're better off to say so there i was 
and then boom, they can maybe. I think that's my. I'm a terrible storyteller, and I'm that. I'm like realizing maybe that's part of it. Is you know, I try to tell all the details and and uh, give credit where credits due. But you know, I'm gonna start sniping some, stealing some of my own. That's what the fine print's for. You yeah. got to give the credit where it's yeah. due. Yeah. And I do. And I mean, it seems like every time I give a speech or a talk, I'm always mentioning two or three people that I learned from. But at the same time, you have to just kind of make it a real experience for the people you're listening to, right? Especially because sometimes those people aren't, aren't around anymore. So in a way, you want to pay respect to them. But in another way, you want to be like, they're gone. Why are we talking about what they said? Like, And then somebody else says, well, that's not what I remember them saying. I remember them saying this. And it's like, okay, well, why are we arguing about that? Let's just say, here's what I'm saying. Right. If you don't like that, wow, well, there's, that's, wow. there's another clinic to go to down the road, <laughs> right? I mean, that's just kind of how part of how life goes sometimes. You couldn't have summed it up better for songwriting either. You know, it's like, sure, uh, of course. Yeah, it's easy to get. Did I steal that line from someone? And did I, you know, where'd that, oh, I couldn't have been the first one to say that or use that melody line. It's like, you got to let that go and just let it come through you because just like you said, it's already been, a lot of it's been done. And our work is like letting it go in. It's like, can't think about it too much and then let it come out too. Well, yeah, it has to be more difficult all the time for lawyers that are in the music business because a hundred years ago, right? If somebody stole a song. Music. You know, before recording, it's like, that's how music was passed on. And then they would change. That's why there's so many different versions of, of all those old songs. And I'm still of the belief and a lot of people will disagree with me, but it ain't my song. It came through me. It's of me and it came through my experience. And, and I, you know, I was there to uh, be the antenna or whatever, but I truly artist theft in a lot of ways. I mean, not, not necessarily intentionally and taking it for egoic reasons, but like, that's going to happen. And that's a, that's a part of the beauty of the the whole machine of it. And it just keeps going with or without you. (laughs) Yes, it does. With and without you. Yeah. And the universe, earth, everything we know is the cosmos is really could care less if we're here in a way. And what I mean by that is like, it was there before us. It's going to be there after us. And it's like, we're just here for a minute and then we're gone. And it's just kind of like, so while we're here, why not try to enjoy what we're doing? But don't think that everything's here just for us. But while we're here, if you kind of have some of those thoughts as far as like, it's all here for you to enjoy, well then great. But I think it's kind of like too often people get caught up in, this is how it's supposed to be. And this is this and this is that. And it's like, well, actually, if you kind of look at the big picture here, there's millions of years, billions of years that this has been happening. And we're just kind of a new thing here. One of these days we're going to be gone. Something else will be here. Huh. I don't know. It's beautiful. It's, when you truly realize and understand that, it, it gives you a lot of freedom to let go of all the mistakes you think you're making or the you know impressions you think you're trying to, to make and whatever. But yeah, I'm with you. A lot of those songs and a lot of the stories and a lot of the jokes and you know it's the same same type of stuff over and over. But I think it's it's about who can sing it, and who can tell it, and putting the things with it. Todd Snyder's got a great story, great song, If Tomorrow Never Comes. And he's he's got a great uh, great s- story about that song. That some He wrote a song about a song called Beer Run, and then some other guys wrote the same song. And then it was, it's, it's a great it's a great story. But it's, I, I think you'd, yeah, you'd get a kick out of that. <laughs> we were talking about him earlier. But anyway, so I think that there's a lot of good that can come from different people. 
and each having their own perspective. I mean, the song uh, Leonard Cohen, Hallelujah, that song has been around. I just listened to Malcolm Gladwell's podcast about that song oh, wow. and about the different types of songwriters and, and things and about how that song had been around so long and people knew it, but then finally it came back and really made where now we all know it, but it's been around for 50 years or something. And uh, it's a cool deal. One of the things he was talking about was, I love Malcolm Gladwell's podcast called Revisionist History. He's talking about things often overlooked and misunderstood, but he's talking about the different types of songwriters or the different types of artists in general, whether they were painters or whether they were songwriters or whether they were authors and things like that. But it was, one was a, I think it was, uh, I'm going to mess up the names now. I have to get this back, but. Bob Dylan sat down with, I guess it was Leonard Cohen. Leonard Cohen said, how long did it take you to write Tangled Up in Blue? Bob said, eight minutes. He said, how long did it take you to write Hallelujah? And Leonard Cohen said, about the same. But in reality, it took him seven years. Wow. But those are the two different types of geniuses. One was the hash it out over and over and over and change it a hundred times. And he has like nine different versions of the song in one month. And then the next month, he has four different versions of the song. Then he puts this verse ahead of that verse and changes everything all around. And then some write, some get it all out and they're done. And then they don't want to look back at it. They don't change it, you know, which is kind of an ironic story because Dylan's pretty famous for changing the lyrics later and then like I went and saw him a couple of years ago and it was a whole different version like a whole different, you knew it was the same song but it yeah. wasn't even the same words right wow. so pretty cool stuff but anyway so what kind of songwriter are you I do a lot of a lot of both the songs I love the most just come right out and it's like you're channeling something and that that's been a real gift to have happen and it's it's happened a bit but I also I, I used to play in a, a band with my friend and mentor, Gil Gauss, who I'm still in contact with, and I actually have recently been sending him a song. We've been kind of sending a song back and forth because I love the editing aspect, too, of writing a song. It's not necessarily done when it's done. That harkens back to, you know, seeing, watching other people and seeing why, am I connecting with that song? Maybe I'm not connecting with that song. Why not? You know, and I'm a problem solver, at heart. I didn't like math much, but I like the idea of it. You know, it's like a little problem to solve and it's fun to work stuff out. So I think I'd love to learn to write anyway, any possible way. And, and I'm trying to explore more. I've been hosting a song circle at my house just to get to know other songwriters, three or four other songwriters at a time. And it's been like, oh, just that's been the coolest thing that's happened to me in Austin, just uh, connecting. It's, it reminds me of what you're doing. Seeing somebody being like, okay, let's get to know what this person's doing. And it's exposed me to a lot of different writers, different writing styles. And I want to learn from it all because you can't have enough tools at your disposal as you're going through your craft. And I'm a little bit of, I geek out a little bit. (laughs) I think getting people together like that, that have little different talents, but they're all working at the same level, trying to be, you know, working on the same thing. That's, that's important. I think too many people get the idea of competition. Feeling like you're competing with all those songwriters live in Austin rather than being together with them and sharing ideas and sharing thoughts and let's do something together here and there. You know. Yeah, it can look real scary if you're in that. Bit, you know, I'm a competitive person and, and it's not like I haven't been in that mindset, but I much prefer the the other one, you know, the connecting and, and loving kind of mindset. But it gets real scary when you're like, oh, I'm not as good as that person. You know, it's like, oh, OK, it ain't about that. I mean, it can be if you want to make it that way, but the best part of anything is like siphoning the goodness off of whatever you can, and then every then everybody's better, and, and uh, 
and you're all growing up together and coming up together and it, it makes it really cool. It makes everybody a part of it. Yeah. You take two people separately and they can get to hundred percent on their own. You take a couple of them together and they can, they can really get something done and both benefit from each other that they never would have without each other. Yeah. What kind of songs are you working on with the writing group? It's not a set group, so it's a different, different yeah, and we, we pretty much get together just to share our own songs and talk about songwriting, but I'm working on the song with Gil is a, it was an idea that came about. It's called Evening Rose, and I kind of wanted it to sound like a love song, but also be broader than that. And so yeah, it's been cool to have his ideas. It's funny. I, I'm like, I joke with him. I take whatever I feel like taking and then just ignore the rest, <laughs> which he loves, you know? It's like, oh yeah, oh, I like this part and I like that part. And he's like, wait a second, what about, I just said all these great ideas. I'm like, yeah, I'll take what I like. But he, he and I have that relationship. I think uh, I, I'd like to co-write more and I haven't really been in that situation a ton it's kind of scary to me but I want to do it more and learn more about it but there's a lot of compromise I think in that too I think Gil is pretty unique in that he doesn't get his feelings real hurt and I can kind of grab what I want out of his advice and the same goes the other way but where's Gil located he's here he lives in Tahoe oh he's oh, he's back in Tahoe yep thanks Cal you're amazing this has been really a great thing to do that's a strong word but I'll take it <laughs> I'll take it. Well, thank you very much. I think uh, we'll have to get you out sometime when I get back down to Texas and come sing for us at the clinic after after wow. it's over. I like to have a little music now and then. Love that. And that'll be fun. So cool. Where can everybody find you or find your oh, music yeah. or tell us about that? I've got a website. It's meganlaceymusic.com and that's M-E-G-A-N-L-A-C-Y music.com and at Megan Lacey Music on Instagram and I'm going into the studio to record an EP soon, so it's not really in the works, but it's in the works of being in the works, you know what I mean? I do know what so, you mean. <laughs> but uh, otherwise, there's songs up on my site, YouTube links and stuff, So, and around town. I've got my calendar up on my website, usually updated. So. Okay. Megan, thanks a lot. Thank you, Cal. If you're enjoying the Horses in Life podcast, there are many ways you can support it. You can obviously tell people about it. You can tell your friends about it. You can share it through social media or any other means. You can go to patreon.com and support it financially. There's a little more information on my website about the podcast. Also on my website, calmiddleton.com. Please be sure you sign up for my monthly newsletters through my email subscription list. Until next time, enjoy each day. Enjoy each day.